we're going we're gonna to do something different than our first John series, okay? Uh, because of winter retreat next weekend, uh, I felt like this would be a good time to do this message and then jump it back into first John after we come back for winter retreat, okay? So, shh. So, again, um, it's good to see you guys. Um, I do hope you guys had a good break and that you guys had got to enjoy some time off over the normal rhythm of life. Um, but as we come back together and start the new year, year 2022, it causes us to not only look forward to what's ahead, but it, we also can't help but look back at 2021. Now, in doing that, I imagine... Thank you, PA. I imagine that you guys have some highlights. Hey, listen up. I imagine you guys have some highlights and wins and hopefully some good things to celebrate as you look back at 2021. But I also know that you have had some hard things to deal with as well. Obviously, one being everything COVID. And this has been crazy enough This has been two years that we have been living with it now. Two years. And so maybe COVID really has affected your year. And many other things as well maybe have caused you to say, you know what, Pastor Tony, last year, 2021, was actually one of the hardest years of my life. Maybe that's you. But today is a new year. And God has some plans and purposes for us, and I'm excited to see that come to life. But as we start this year, hoping for new things to happen and for great things to change, I want to share tonight about how maybe this year can be different for us. PA, we got to talk about your noise level, boy. But, so maybe, maybe we could talk about how this year can be different for us. And to begin, I want to ask this. For those of you who wear glasses or contacts, have you ever broken your glasses or lost a contact? Will never? Cole, right now. Right now, do it. But for those of you who have glasses or wear contacts, have you ever broken them or lost the contact? What did it do for you, for those of you who have those? What did it do for you? For me, it caused me to lose clarity and focus on what I'm looking at, right? Now, hopefully that does not happen to you or me while we're driving, Hopefully. But I remember one night, I was playing basketball in high school, and I got my contact knocked out because somebody poked me in my eye. And so my contact flew out, and I lost it, and all of us were looking for it on the floor. And we never found it, but even if we did find it, that thing was not going back in my eye at all. Okay, there's no way I'm putting all of that in back in my eye. But we lost it, but I actually continued to play the rest of the night on one contact. 
And uh, let me tell you, it was absolutely awful. It was awful. It was awful not only in the fact that I, my vision was all sorts of messed up, okay? My perception of the hoop and everything was just all, all messed up. But, so it was not only awful in not being able to see clearly, but it was also awful in the fact that I no longer saw the ball, the ball go in the hoop anymore, sadly. Um, but for those who do wear glasses or contacts, when we don't have them on, basic things like reading or playing on your phone or just seeing in general become more difficult when you don't have them on, right? And I just want to say for those of you who are 2020, who have 2020 vision in here, well done, you guys. Well done. There is partial jealousy within me because of that. All right, well done, you 2020 people in here. I know. I know, but it's hard. Okay? For those of you who have 20-20 vision. But, um, but when you look through the light, right lens, okay? When you look through the right lens, putting on our glasses or contacts, everything begins to come back into focus. Things can now be seen clearly. And tonight I want to share a lens through which we can see, when we see and put on this lens, I believe it will bring about a change for us this year. When we see life through this lens. And it's a lens that God gives us through which we can clearly see ourselves and the world around us rightly. And when you begin to look through this lens, life starts to become a bit more into focus. The name of the filter or lens through which we see this life, we could see life more clearly, is actually through wisdom. It's through wisdom. More specifically, wisdom that comes from God and His Word. When we look at life through the lens of wisdom, life becomes a bit more into focus. It becomes a bit more clear for us as we navigate our decision-making. And so the text tonight, we're going to be in a couple different places in Proverbs. So you guys can go ahead and open to Proverbs. That's where we're going to be at in Proverbs. We're going to spend a decent amount of time in chapter 2 of verse of Proverbs. But we're going to open up the wisdom book called Proverbs. Now, what is cool about this book, the book of Proverbs is that even though it's filled with old wisdom, okay, this is a book that's like lots and lots and lots of years old, right? Okay, even though it's filled with old wisdom, still so much of it is true and relevant today. It's kind of cool to think about that. That this book that's written so long ago still applies today. Now, to give you just some context of Proverbs... Most of the book was written by King who? Can anyone tell me who Proverbs was written by? Caleb. I mean, P.A., sorry. Solomon, yeah. Most of the book was written by King Solomon, who was known as what? What was his reputation? Does anyone know what his reputation was like? Naomi. Wisest person to ever live. The wisest person to have ever lived, okay? Now, 
if we're looking at the purpose of the book, we could see that in chapter 1 of Proverbs. We'll see the purpose of the book. And it's Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 3. Who would like to read that? Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 3. This gives us the purpose of the book. Who would like to read that? Someone. Nice and loud. Heath, go for it, my man. Good, good. So we get our purpose of Proverbs right here. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. There's one of your purposes of the book. To understand words of insight. There's another purpose of the book. To receive instruction in wise dealing. Another purpose. But what instruction on wise dealing? In righteousness, justice, and equity. Okay? There's the purpose of the book. And just to make a summary statement of what Solomon is trying to get across here is this. The purpose of Proverbs is to know wisdom, instruction, and to have right understanding. Purpose of the book, a summary statement. So with that, Let's dive in by asking this question first off. Let's ask this question. What is wisdom? Okay, what is it? The purpose of the book is to know wisdom. Well, what is that? I want to give us a simple definition of wisdom. Now, this definition that I'm going to give you is just a piece or a part of what really can be said about defining wisdom. There's so many things we could say when it comes to defining wisdom, especially biblically, but I just want to give us just a piece of that. Okay, this is just a piece of defining it. And I want it to be simple for us. So here is a simple definition to wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life clearly through the lens of Scripture. Wisdom is seeing life clearly through the lens of Scripture. Notice the all caps. The all caps is clearly Scripture. Wisdom involves clearly seeing through the lens of Scripture. Like glasses or contacts, okay, wisdom gives us a different way to see life with greater focus and greater clarity. But there's something that we need to know in regards to wisdom before we move forward. This is crucial, it's key, and we're going to talk about it even a little bit later. But this is crucial when it comes to wisdom. Right, true, absolute, and perfect wisdom comes from God, and it is written throughout His Word. In fact, wisdom is rooted in the very character of God Himself. Wisdom, when you think of it, you should think God. It's it's the very character of who He is. It's rooted in him. Where do we get this? Well, listen to what Proverbs chapter 2 says about this. Listen to what it says. Who would like to read that? 1 through 6. Listen to what it even says in verse 6 when it comes to wisdom is from God. Go ahead, Gwen.
Good, thanks. So, so look at the key here. Key one, verse six. For the Lord gives wisdom. It comes from Him. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. And what do we have when it comes to His mouth? His very words. Right? The Lord gives wisdom. So you can see, Solomon says, the one who knows wisdom, the one who speaks wisdom, the one who is all wise and even gives wisdom is God. It's God and God alone. And so with these passages in Proverbs, there's five truths that I want to briefly mention tonight when it comes to seeing, clear, seeing life clearly through the lens of wisdom and how it's going to change, hopefully and prayerfully, our walks in 2022. So five truths when it comes to these passages. The first truth I want us to see, and it's actually just what we talked about. First truth is this. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. Again, as it says in verse 6, right? The Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Wisdom comes from God. It was his idea from the very beginning. God wove it into the fabric of the world when he created the universe. He created everything in the beginning with his wisdom. Okay? He knew, I want you to think about this. I want you to listen to this. He knew what he was doing every step of the way when he created the world in Genesis. It was all coming from his wisdom. There were no mistakes in Genesis when he created the world. Many times I see creation, and maybe you guys do too, and you're blown away by God's creativity and design of how he he made everything in this world. And we could be blown away by what we see and are in awe of like the mountains and the oceans and the star, right? Like we have those moments when we look at creation. But I want to push the envelope a little bit and say, in those moments, I think we can even be blown away by how wise he is in creating everything the way he did. Because it all came from wisdom. We could be blown away by how wise he was in how he created everything with purpose and with order. Everything has an order. Everything has purpose. So wisdom is rooted in God and in the way he designed things to work in this world. But there is something we need to know. Wisdom most certainly does not come from us. It does not come from us. I mean, think about who we are apart from Christ. Sinful, prideful, wicked. We're in a desperate need to be saved. We're in a desperate state. And we can do nothing good apart from God. Wise choices are not the natural response of our lives because, again, the default direction of our lives is to choose sin. Before Christ, we don't ever really make any wise choices. Because the direction of our life is always choose sin, choose sin, choose sin, choose sin, choose sin. 
We're not wise enough to say, I don't want to do that anymore. I actually want to follow God with my life. We don't have that within us. Because the normal direction of our life, apart from Christ, is sin. That's who we are. So we cannot make wise choices, truly wise, according to to God, apart from Christ. Because it comes from Him. Now, I want to look at King Solomon for a minute here. Again, his reputation is being the wisest man to ever live. Why? Why is that his reputation? How can it be said of him that he's the wisest man to ever live? Well, you see, this is what it hinges on. It hinges on Solomon's desire to receive it from the only one who can give it. And he sought the creator of wisdom, the one who defines it and is wisdom. That's why he's considered one of the wisest men to ever live. Because he sought the one who is it. He wanted to receive it from the only one who can give it. Now, I want to just show you where this is at in Scripture. In 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon encounters God in a dream. And in their interaction back and forth, God ends up asking Solomon what he desires due to Solomon's faithfulness to him. And with Solomon being a servant in the place of King David, he says this in the beginning in verses 7 through 12 in 1 Kings. Listen to what Solomon says. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself life, long life, or riches, or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has ever been before you and none like you shall arise after you. See, this all shows that Solomon sought the one who gives wisdom. And he even knew that it comes from God and God alone. All Solomon wanted to do, you could tell even in just this passage, all he wanted to do was do what's right. He wanted to to govern the people he was in charge of rightly, wisely. And so that's what he asked God for. He didn't ask God for riches. He didn't ask God to take the life of his enemies, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure if some other people were in this position of Solomon, they would ask for those things. Take out my enemies. And actually, I want all the riches in the world. So Solomon is wise because he sought the one who gives it. 
And one thing I hope we even get from this passage with Solomon is this. When we seek wisdom from God, He delights to give it to us. He delights to give it to us. He wants to give it to us. We just need to ask. So again, wisdom comes from God. This is a huge point, first point. So here's point number two. Okay, point number two. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is not knowledge. You see, when we talk about wisdom, we're not talking about the same thing as intellectual knowledge or information. Okay? Here is what I want to say with this. You can have all the knowledge in the world and be the smartest person in the room, but have no wisdom at all. You see, wisdom is more like the application of knowledge and living by a moral code of right and wrong that God has set for us. See, that is why you cannot find or receive wisdom only in reading all the books you want in the world. Sure, reading all the books you want in the world will make you smarter intellectually, Sure, you can know all the super good and helpful information that comes from reading. But when it comes to applying what you've read, acting upon all of what you understood, that takes wisdom. Think about it. Okay, here's an example. I can read tons of books on what things to do when it comes to performing a successful surgery. I could read all the books in the world. These are the things you do. This is how you do it, right? I can read all the books I want to performing a successful surgery. And I can even read what things not to do in surgery. But it sure takes wisdom to successfully do what's right based on all of what I just have read. Does it not? It takes wisdom to choose the right tools to use for the surgery. It takes wisdom to choose the right method on how to fix it, the right procedure on how to fix it. It takes wisdom. I can read all the books in the world on doing a successful surgery, but it takes wisdom to say, nope, out of all that I read, I know that this is the method, this is the, these are the tools, and this is the way to do it. So wisdom is not the same as knowledge. Now, we no doubt can gain knowledge from books, from friends, from family members, even our experiences in life, and that can be good for us. I'm not saying stop reading, by the way. Keep reading books. It's good for you. Okay? I'm not saying stop reading books. They're good. But it takes wisdom to navigate through all of the knowledge we gain from them. It takes wisdom. So that's point number two. Point number three. Wisdom is very practical. Wisdom is very practical. It's in fact incredibly practical and can be applied to lots of different areas of life. While the book of Proverbs was written a long time ago, this old wisdom is so relevant to how we live today in this new year. I want to give you three examples of how practical wisdom can be. Here's the first one, Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
I think it's safe to say we've all seen this play out. Have we not? We're in a conversation or an argument with maybe a sibling or a parent or a friend. And when you try to remain calm and seek to talk through things gently, uh, the conversation is not as heated, right? Or it's one that can be worked through without anybody getting worked up and exploded because you're trying to work through things gently, okay? But the minute in that conversation or argument you say, oh, be quiet, no one likes you anyways, the minute you say that, what happens? What happens, Heath? Everything explodes, doesn't it? Everything. The minute you say something like that, you have just opened a can of worms that is going to be tough for you to recover from. If Mackenzie ever says that to you, Lance, let me know. Okay? All right? Just kidding. You're, you're great, Mackenzie. Okay? No. <laughs> she's admitting she's not. <laughs> but, but you guys know what I'm saying, right? Because look at Look how practical this is. A soft answer turns away that wrath. When you talk through things gently and try to remain calm and work through things in that way. But the minute you use a harsh word, boom, everything escalates. See how practical that is? Wisdom says, use a soft answer. So practical. Look at the next one. Proverbs 20, 19. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Now, this is talking about how there are those who slander. In other words, slander means talk poorly about others. Seeks to damage others' reputation. They gossip. They reveal secrets. Solomon is saying the wise thing to do, practically... Don't attach yourself to these people. Don't even be those people who slander. Look how practical that is. Wisdom says that. Here's the last one, 26.11. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Dog vomit is probably not something you guys were thinking we would talk about today. And for those of you who have dogs, you can probably relate to this image of dogs returning to eat their vomit or even eat poop. This is true. Maisie definitely does it. Not her poop, other animals' poop. How many can relate to this? How many of you have seen your dog do this? Right? They're going to the things that harm them. Has Charles done it yet? His own? (laughs) Wow. Point being is it happens. Right? It happens. And I just want you to know that even though Maisie does it, we love her, okay? We love her. 
We've tried, Palmer. Okay? But, but here's the thing, guys. Here's the point. Shh. Here's the point. It's practical. But just like dogs going back to what is gross for them, what is not good for them, fools do the same thing. They go back and make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Always returning to the things that harm them and hurt them and bring pain and are gross and bad. Fools do the same thing. And so all that to say, these passages are saying this. Godly wisdom says don't live like that. Wisdom says don't use harsh words. Don't gossip or slander others. And don't be a fool and repeat the same mistakes over and over again. And we only went through three. There are so many more in Proverbs. This is just three of them. But again, it comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. It takes more than knowledge and wisdom is practical. Number four. Here's number four. Wisdom should be pursued. Wisdom should be pursued. If we look back to what we read in Proverbs chapter 2, 1 through 6, what words stand out in Proverbs 2, 1 through 6 when it comes to wisdom being pursued? Here are some words that pop out. Listen and receive. Treasure it. Tune your ear to it. Concentrate on it. Call out for it. I want wisdom. Search for it. Seek it. Look at all of the action words of wisdom being pursued. Go and get it. And my question to us is, do these words describe your current approach to wisdom? Or does anything need to change? Because here's the reality. Do you guys want wisdom in your daily life as you seek to live for the glory of God in all things? Do you? Well, then pursue wisdom. Pursue God and His Word. And this pursuit needs to be an all-out effort. But the question for us tonight is, are you pursuing wisdom? What is your effort level in pursuing wisdom? Or is it the thing where you just hope God's just going to pop wisdom into your head at the right moment when you need it. Or maybe that's your approach. So that's number four. Wisdom should be pursued. And here's number five. Wisdom has huge benefits. Look at these benefits. Look at them. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. This is verse 7 through 12 of chapter 2. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil from men of perverted speech. Do you guys see all of the benefits? Do you see them? 
He's going to guard, wisdom's going to guard the path of justice. Wisdom is watching our way as we go. Wisdom will come into our hearts. Discretion will watch over us. Understanding will guard us. And wisdom is going to even, even help us be delivered from evil. I sure want these benefits from godly wisdom. So the challenge for us today as we begin the new year is to live as wise people. And I want to give you one big question that I hope sets the tone for this year. I know the reality is that you're going to be making a million different choices this year. Okay, that's the reality. And as you go through this life, making choices big or small, my hope and prayer is to process these choices through a new lens by applying some old wisdom. So here's the big question that I want you to ask when you're making decisions this year. This question is nothing deep, it's nothing heavy, it's just very simple and practical to help you remember as you're going about making decisions this year. So here it is, here's the question. It's this. Is it the wise thing to do? Or rather, is it the godly thing to do? Is it the wise thing to do? Or rather, is it the godly thing to do? Not, is it the easy thing to do? Not, is it the popular thing to do? Not, is it even the convenient thing to do? Rather, is it the wise thing to do? I want to give you some examples of how you might encounter this this year. If the question is, should I hang out with this group of friends who are doing such and such, ask yourself the question, is it the wise thing or godly thing to do? If the question is, should I date this person, ask yourself, is it the wise thing or godly thing to do? If the question is, should I play this sport or take this job or join this club or maybe even step away from one of those things, ask, is it the wise or godly thing to do? Or if the question is, should I send this text, post this photo, or click this link, ask, is it the wise or godly thing to do? If the question is, should I watch this movie, listen to this song, or play this game, ask the question. Or if the question is, should I attend this college, which some of you are maybe thinking about, is it the, God, the godly or wise thing to do? This should be the question that we go about asking this year, hopefully. And so in living this out, I want to close in challenging us in three ways to pursue this wisdom. Here are three ways I hope to see us get better at when it comes to wisdom. Here are the three things, the three areas. Number one, pursue wisdom in your relationships. Friendships, dating relationships, whatever it is, we need to be wise with those we surround ourselves with. If you hang out with wise people long enough, they're going to rub, out, rub, rub off on you. 
But if you hang out with people who are unwise, guess what's going to happen? Harm is going to come your way. So pursue wisdom in friendships, in your family, in dating relationships, with, your, with teachers, etc. Second one is pursue wisdom with your time. You're going to have lots of options and opportunities this year. So make the most of your time each day, each week, and each month. This period of time is going to fly by quicker than you realize. So pursue wisdom with how you spend your time. Get in the Word this year. That's why I bring up the Bible reading plan. Hit reset. Hit fresh. I need a fresh, clean start to making reading my Word a priority. This is the time. Get off. I'm being serious about this. Get off YouTube. Get off TikTok. And make time with God a priority. Have times of prayer throughout your day. Pursue wisdom in your time. And then third, pursue wisdom with your words. Your words matter more than you realize. They actually have the power to bring life or death. So choose your words carefully this year. Sometimes you just need to hold your tongue and say nothing. Be wise with your words as you speak to your parents, teachers, and your friends. And also be wise with your words in what you post for the whole world to see. So as we wrap up today, I can only imagine what could happen this year if we begin to approach life seeing it clearly through the lens of Scripture. This is my prayer for us as we enter 2020.